0: Shall we play a game? Is that a Unix book? Ah uh, ah uh, ah, uh. you didn't say the magic word. Ah uh, ah uh, ah. Uh. The files are in the computer? We're only using a simple polyphonetic the group 20 square digit key transpose from booster phonic form with multiple nulls. After very careful consideration, sir, I've come to the conclusion that your new defense system sucked. So the combination is one, two, three, four, five.
1: So it's a code breaker? No. It's the Codebreaker. Mike, dead on the inside. All is lost. So alone. Wind, my only friend. I hate you. Shut up, wind. (laughs) Oh, and scene, folks. Oh, that's a good one, Mike. That's from the Mighty Boosh. For our listeners that have no idea what Mike and I are doing, goofing around to start this next episode of the CyberTap, Wonderful show, The Mighty Boosh. If you haven't seen it, highly recommend. Available on Amazon Prime, I think, Mike.
0: Uh, yes, it
1: is. It was Not something a- that
0: I had no knowledge of. You introduced me to it. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's I found weird, it, but funny. I found it years ago and have just really kind of fallen in love with that those three seasons and uh the the kind of the cult following that came with it. So that was a good scene. One of my favorites, Mike. It's a campy way to start our 11th episode of the Cybertap.
0: Well, we're going a little loopy, so. Yeah. Makes sense.
1: We are alone, trapped in my basement, recording a podcast. To try something different
0: today, I'm going to record (laughs) from my bathroom, so.
1: All right. (laughs) Well, not while using the facilities. No. Uh, You never know. (laughs) You never know. What was that move? That was uh, Naked Gun, wasn't it? Where he he was pretending to be the umpire Leslie Nielsen's character, and he's got. <laughs> and it, no, he was speaking at the, at the big Royal engagement or whatever. And then he, he had a mic or something and went to the bathroom. Right. Is that oh, what that what Oh yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was frame. like an award ceremony or something.
1: Yeah. Th- something like that. There was a, there let's was not, let's a, not uh, that. no, let's not. But there was, I saw a, a zoom meeting where someone picked up their laptop, forgot their camera was on and the young lady went straight into the restroom Dropped trow, sat down, started. Now, fortunately, it was grainy and small. You, you know, there, it. her modesty was mostly protected, but terribly embarrassing. She discovered it, just reached over and slammed the laptop. And I will say this, everyone else on the video was completely professional. They all kind of made faces and was like, "What? what's happening? And then when they were saying, what happened? What happened? They said, nothing, nothing. Just let's keep moving through the meeting. <laughs> that would have never happened just in one funny, of our TV. Just a funny, funny sound. Also a mighty boosh. And what is this episode about? So for this one, Mike, we want to recap our last episode. It's not because we have run out of content. There are plenty of news stories and plenty of interesting information out there for us to to take a look at as it relates to cybersecurity. But last episode, I thought, Mike, was really interesting. It was one of our longer episodes, but we had three panelists that discussed what it was like for them to transition to e-learning and remote work. And we didn't really have quite enough time to unpack it. So I thought, And we thought it would be good to take a little deeper dive and and take a closer look.
0: Yep, sounds good.
1: To do that, Mike, we've brought back producer Jim. Jim, how are you, sir?
2: I can't come back if I was always here. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's true. This Jim, we can hear you. I- that's that's a great thing. <laughs> this is the story. fourth time I've introduced producer Jim this episode.
1: <laughs> but due to the magic of post-edit, I'm sure you guys think it's just seamless and perfect. Now, we're having a bit of fun on our recording today, technical difficulties. But Jim, great to have you here. I know you were part of the behind-the-scenes crew on our last episode, but we wanted to bring you back to help us unpack that last segment that we had on the episode, where we talked to Hope and Chris and Anna, and uh, how you know their how their experience has been transitioning to e learning and remote work, and so to help us out, producer Jim, thanks, we appreciate being here.
2: Yeah, you know it was like herding cats trying to get that last episode together. I don't think we had had that many people on a single recording ever, and so the the logistics were something else. But I think it turned out pretty good. I think so too. So what was your guys' biggest takeaway, you know, without going through every indiv- individual question, what do you think was the overwhelming theme of the interviews?
0: Uh, for me, the the biggest takeaway that uh, was that even if you graduate from IU, you you can be a good good guy.
1: <laughs> hey, Mike just complimented someone from IU. I told you. I did.
0: I complimented one individual. <laughs> Chris
1: is a fine, upstanding citizen, and I really liked him. And I appreciated him being on the show. I think, Jim, for me, the big takeaways were uh, that you know, across education, I don't think we do a great job of promoting good cybersecurity practice in general. And in this time of pivot and transition, we're not doing enough as institutions to to get the message out of what's important. Obviously, our shop, CyberTap. We, we think cybersecurity every day. So it's, in, it's on the tip of our tongue when we're moving to remote work. Uh, but I thought as institutions of learning, both in K-12 and higher ed, we need to do a better job of promoting good cyber practice. And then I wasn't surprised that a good tech firm is doing something in this time. And the other big takeaway is that it, there wasn't a, a big concern about major cyber issues, but the things that we were hearing from our panelists were that they're, they're not doing the basics of cybersecurity, or at least their peers aren't. I think we had a good panel, and they're pretty smart, but their peers aren't necessarily considering cybersecurity best practice. Mike, what did you think?
0: Yeah, I would echo a lot of those sentiments. Um, expand on it. I, I think uh, some of these these education institutions are requiring the use of these remote and e-learning and not providing the proper instruction on how to use it properly. So that that's the lack of the cyber hygiene awareness. Um, th- there's no where... But there's not an easy place for some of these learners to go to to gain that knowledge. So
2: that that brings up the question, then whose responsibility is it to promote that cyber hygiene? Is it the instructor? Is it the school? Is it the is the community, the the state? You know, who's the the software company? You know, whose whose responsibility is it then to to promote that?
0: I would say it's the school, but the the teacher and the instructor is the represent representative of the school who engages with those learners and students. So ultimately, they need to be the one to present the information or at least present the access to the information. But ultimately, I think the school is the the prime candidate.
1: I think the utopian answer is that it's everyone's responsibility. From the end user through the you know the, the delivery person, whether it be an instructor, teacher, who a professor, whoever it is, up through the institution, whether there's departmental structures in those institutions, and up through the CISO and then the C-suite of a, a major institution or the leader, the executive leadership. I think that's kind of the utopian answer, but I, I I agree with what you're saying, Mike. That everyone you know in that leadership or whoever's presenting material needs to consider this. But I I hope through our efforts that individuals start taking some personal responsibility first for protecting their own data, for protecting their uh, access to things, their credentials, things like that. So, you know, good password hygiene and, and such. I do think that in these times, institutions should be and companies should be doing more to spread good practice around these types of transitions. Because right now we're all thinking, how do we do our jobs? How do I get these assignments done? And it's easy for an individual to forget about good practice as it relates to cybersecurity. So I'm hopeful that companies and you know providers of software, so the company software companies, whoever it might be, like we see with Zoom or whoever, where there's you know talking about their security more now than ever because they have to. But I hope that we'll see more more uh, pick up in that area from companies and institutions.
2: Yeah, I think I would have to agree with that. That you know, in these trying times, it I think there should be a little more effort system wide to promote it. But yeah. ultimately, you know, in in normal times, I would think it would be up to the individual and per, and perhaps the school to kind of reinforce some of that.
0: So, what what shocked you from what you heard from any of the conversations we had with the our panel?
2: You know.
1: I I guess I don't shock easily, and I wasn't terribly surprised by anything. I think one of the most interesting things we heard, both at the high school and college level, was the sharing of credentials. Uh, and I know that's something we talked about after the show quite a bit. I don't think it surprised me. I guess the what did surprise me about it in some way is that uh, you know people have been cheating <laughs> in high school forever, <laughs> not right? new. Like, yeah, not a new phenomenon whatsoever. And so, I, I the question I have is, what's what's a clever way maybe you guys have cheated, or if you've ever cheated on a assignment or homework or something in high school? But now they're just sharing credentials, which man, that ha- that's tough, right? So if I share a credential or I'm a high school student, I say, hey, I want you to do my calculus homework or submit my calculus homework for me. Teachers have no idea. Like when when there was crib sheets. And you know, clever ways to, to to cheat in high school. There's a real risk of getting caught. It's going to be harder to get caught now. You know, it's just you know, did they get the same exact answer and plagiarism? So I thought that was interesting to hear. Not terribly shocking, but you know, a new way of old school cheating.
2: So on that thread, I was talking to my neighbor, who's a, a freshman at Ball State, and uh, she was saying that Ball State's testing a some sort of I don't know if it was a software package or a, a, a procedure where during tests, they're required to have their webcam on to make sure they're not looking at different screens, they're not using other resources. And she said it, it was very invasive. And, you know, she doesn't have a cybersecurity background, but she said even the fact that there was that invasion of her privacy, even though if she was in person taking that test, you know, you wouldn't have that privacy. But just the fact that they were required to monitor you at home while you were taking that test was a little weird. But it brings up a lot of ethical ethical that's questions. A bit, that's a bit surprising
1: to me because there's things like secure browsers that work with learning management systems that kind of disallow you from opening other things on your machine that I've seen those used for years. So I know there were secure browsers as part of a blackboard implementation in our community college system here in the state of Indiana that I actually taught at for a while. So I think that's I think that's interesting that they would use a, a video camera and yeah that's she has every right to be uh i guess upset about that because that is an invasion of privacy one and then also would you want to take a test with someone with, with some unknown person staring at you the whole time and not knowing Yeah, you know at least what if i need what if i need to pick my nose or something
0: well what are they unknown <laughs> i mean if if you were in an in-classroom environment that same person would be staring at you while you're taking a test at your desk
2: but you but how do you know that that proctor is the proctor that's Monitoring, you you know, who's on the back end of that camera? I well,
0: maybe there's a designated instructor for the course who's also going to be moderating that exam, so you have familiarity.
1: You think? I was thinking. I was thinking along those
0: lines. You know, with the live cam, taking the invasion of privacy aside, uh, potentially, you know, having the instructor send an ad hoc question, like you know, touch your nose. Mm-hmm. Just that session, that person—they touch their nose and they get extra five points or something automatically oh, out of their exam.
1: You're to so you're gonna you're gonna loop you're gonna loop yourself like they did on speed when they tricked the camera in the bus. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna you're gonna you loop yourself to make it look like you're just focusing straight ahead, but yeah. when it's a picture of you the whole time you're over here on Google googling every answer. I see I see you, Mike. I see you. But uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, creative ways to cheat.
0: <laughs> most of these. Uh, online e-learning you're you're submitting through like an LMS like a learning management system and i would assume most of those can track the ip during your submission so there may be some ability to verify that you know an ip is not being used over multiple users
1: yeah easy to spoof IP. easy to spoof though
0: yeah right? well, i'm not saying it's perfect
1: yeah i mean we can just make it look like you're coming from poland with a simple vpn right so that's how we get some of our geographic statistics up on our podcast <laughs>
2: Hey, that's how I got us on Australia.
1: Yeah, we didn't have anybody from Australia. And we just needed to see that <laughs> box checked, right? Yeah. So I, these are all. I think cheating is going to be interesting. If we, it, the more online and remote learning we do, the more clever students can be. And so, how can you show someone has competency in an online? Uh, you know, is there such thing as a closed
0: book exam online?
1: And maybe you just can't have that. I mean, how could you, couldn't? how do you guarantee that, right? A non-proctored in-person exam, how do you know they don't have resource material? I think that's tough. Yeah. I think it's tough. So instead of multiple choice answers, easy to, you know, easy to search things, you have to show competency through clarity of thought and complete thought, right? So that, but those are harder to assess. So harder to do in scale, right? Because somebody actually has to read your sentences to make sure you understand the answer. I don't know. It's interesting. It's a, I thought that was probably one of the more interesting things that we saw from that last episode. So we, we didn't get to some of those extra questions last time, and we wanted to ask, what's the craziest thing you saw? We started to talk a little bit about it. We didn't really get much response from our panelists. What's the craziest thing you've seen in an online learning environment with video or anything like that? I think that could be interesting. What have you guys seen?
0: Well, I, I for, for me, I haven't had a ton of that, but even when we were recording that episode, you know, we did our, our, our pre meeting with teams using video. Yeah. And one of our panelists had their video open while they were talking to their uh, cohabitating uh, house partner about, <laughs> yeah, right. was it was like fixing a car or yeah. something?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think you got to change the tire or something.
0: <laughs> and and, you know, and then when she realized she's like, I- Am I on? You know, she kind of <laughs> panicked a little bit.
1: Yeah, because I go, Wait, who's talking right now? Because I didn't recognize <laughs> the voice. Yeah, absolutely. That was funny. We were in a meeting today where someone was referring to a meeting they were in. And so I didn't get this firsthand. It's just a secondhand story that they didn't think somebody in an earlier meeting with a pretty large group realized their camera was on and they were laying in bed completely disheveled while joining the meeting. And I thought that was pretty hilarious. (laughs) And Mike, you saw it and I saw it. I don't know, Jim, if you saw the the newscaster that didn't wear pants recently in one of their (laughs) interviews. Yeah, so there's a lot of funny examples out there as we push to this more remote engagement have you guys watched any of the talk shows and stuff the tv shows that are doing remote
0: I I saw the the Conan O'Brien who did the zoom bomb okay uh, one of the it was a I don't know it was a a, some small marketing firm or something like that they were talking about a new product launch so he he just showed up and that I, I mean clearly there was probably some preparation for it So it it wasn't like an out of the blue, this is interrupting our day, we're not going to do anything about it. But I mean, I've I've seen stuff like that.
2: I must say the production quality of some of the ones I've seen is really high. So they're they're using more more? than the webcams we're using.
1: Well, I've seen some that look fairly rubbish too. Even, Even some of the major television shows, I'm like, they're just checking in from their room. The one thing that I've noticed is that the celebrities don't have hair and makeup now. Like pretty mm-hmm. normal. I like
2: that.
1: <laughs> they're, not, they're not even trying, so I don't feel bad that I've not worn real pants, only sweatpants for like two weeks or two months.
0: <laughs> good. Good thing we talked about proper cyber hygiene instead of just proper hygiene, because
1: yeah, if we were talking about proper hygiene, different story. I think uh, I had one one person that I communicate with regularly said showering was down three hundred percent in their house. <laughs> 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 well, I'm glad we're not face to face then. I think going back to a question that was asked earlier, whose responsibility is this? Well, I think that's one of the things that CyberTap is trying to help promote, is that we all take responsibility. And so one thing I wanted to add here right now is that if you are an influencer of some kind in your company, in your institution of learning, wherever you are, and you want some assistance, in you know, distributing good quality messaging around cybersecurity and cybersecurity hygiene, that's something that CyberTap certainly can help with. So we're able to help design programs, campaigns, messaging, and things like that around good cyber awareness and cyber hygiene. So you could always reach out to us if you want some assistance on that, or even if you just have a question, you can always get to us and say, hey, what should my school system do or what should my school do? to help with this. And we'd be happy to, to provide some assistance.
2: We would welcome more emails to our uh, email account. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly. We've uh, we were joking at the top of this episode about all the glitches and connectivity issues that we've had. Uh, Mike and Jim, have you guys Let's start with you, Jim? Have you seen those similar connectivity issues on any of your other meetings that have resulted in interesting moments?
2: Uh, I think I think overall, if you have an hour meeting, you need to a, a lot at least ten minutes of that meeting is going to be troubleshooting the conversation. Yeah, <clears throat> I think that's been probably the biggest takeaway.
0: Well, you know, I, I'm I've experienced a few uh, service provider drops. Yeah. Um, so I, you you're part of this, but we have a kind of a lunchtime game session. Yes, we do. Uh, we do a, a shared uh, a gaming event, and I, I'm pretty bitter because. <sighs> I got dropped about three quarters of the way through a match.
1: You did. You just um, fell fell right out of the game, and yeah. it was
0: I, I was it was I just started looping. It was like the Matrix where I was just doing deja vu over and over again. My guy would run two seconds forward, and then it would just repeat back until I finally dropped. Next thing I know, five minutes later, you send a chat out. You guys won.
1: <laughs> we won the match. Yeah, so we've got that. We got the victory royale, and Mike was just dropped out of it. Yeah, that was pretty. <laughs> pretty fantastic. And what's great here is I thought I would have the most problems of anyone because I have probably the weakest internet uh, capacity in my area being that I live so rural and remote, but everybody seems to be having these problems. So it kind of is, is very telling of our infrastructure that we're not quite ready for everybody to be working from home right now. And I think there's some no, improvements.
0: That absolutely not. There.
1: I wonder if this is going to drive some innovation around you know, broadband into certain areas and and capacity issues, or if it's just going to be a blip and we'll go back to business as usual when it's business as usual. It's are I'm are I'm you concerned. saying that because you're
0: hoping it comes to your area?
1: I mean, I certainly hope I have more options. It won't happen here, I don't think, for some time, just because the money's not there for the companies. So that's that's why I don't have good broadband, and there's been no government mandate. So it'll be interesting though to see in in populated areas there. And I haven't read anything or heard much about uh, infrastructure providers really ramping up right now. But hopefully this draws some attention because I think there's some improvements to be made for sure.
2: I know they're going to be getting a lot of heat about it if they aren't already.
1: I'm sure some. I'm sure there is some out there. And I've seen some articles about the the lack of broadband across the country and especially in rural areas and, and how this, uh, I guess, puts a new focus on socioeconomic divide for folks that can't afford to bring broadband into their house. Cause let's not make any qualms. about it. It's expensive. I mean, I don't know what you guys pay, but you know, I, I remember paying a significant amount of money to have my Fios connection in Virginia when I lived there.
2: Yeah. And to tie this back to the, the education thing, you know, how many students don't have access to that and can't participate in the e learning, you know, so. Speaking of
0: lost connections, I just lost you guys for the past 20 seconds.
2: Did you really? (laughs) Yeah, I
0: did. It went completely quiet. I was talking to myself.
1: Well, good luck, Technician Eric, fixing this one. (laughs) (laughs) We have no idea what we're going to have at the end of our recording.
2: It's a mystery for everybody, even the listener.
1: (laughs) So, Mike, we were just talking about (laughs) rural broadband and how it creates some socioeconomic divide for people that can't afford good broadband, even in the cities, but then also the people that live remotely that don't have access to it. And so we're chatting a bit about that. and. Uh, I could tell you, I I had emailed the our school's high school principal ahead of, ahead of the my my daughter starting e learning, just to say, you know, I don't know if this is going to work, and if you have teachers that don't take this into consideration, it's going to impact my daughter's education, and I won't like that. And I said it very diplomatically, and he gave me a nice <laughs> response. He did, and uh, you didn't said, give him the stink you know, eye. I did, but through email. So he couldn't tell. Um, He gave me a very nice response, personalized. It was thoughtful. uh, It was was considerate. So I appreciated his response, his responsiveness. But now for summer school, which my daughter will take a summer school class, uh, and that's just to move her academics forward, of course, but uh, it's 100% remote online. They're saying they require high speed broadband. So we're going to go for it, but I'm thinking, what about those that don't have it? Now they they have to suffer, and so it's a, it's an interesting it's an interesting issue. Well, Mike, Jim, thanks for being here on this episode. Jim, thanks for the, filling in the guest chair and starting to look a little deeper into what we talked about last week with the transition for a number of students and Absolutely. young career folks moving into this e-learning remote world. We appreciate your time and your thoughts, Mike. As always. Another episode in the books.
0: It is. I, I'm a little sad because we're down to our last episode of the season. Next time,
1: yeah, that's right. So we're we're kind of wrapping up for the spring semester. So we're our seasons will come out as and kind of follow the, uh, the academic calendar. So the spring semester is wrapping up here at Purdue. So we'll be wrapping up this season one of the CyberTap podcast. Now, Mike, I think we're planning on a, a shortened, you know, maybe slightly different looking and feeling summer session. So that'll be interesting. It'll still be bringing you the the latest topics on cybersecurity and things to unpack and look at.
0: We'll just be doing it from a beach or from (laughs) some other nice, warm location.
1: I hope so. I hope so. But we'll have a shortened season for the summertime. Just a handful of episodes will come out on a slightly different cadence, but just be on the lookout for that. We've got one episode left for this season. So we're going to release that next week. But this was a a good last couple episodes, Mike. Thanks again for uh, everything that you're doing to make this podcast go. And Jim, thanks again for joining. To all our listeners, always appreciate you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in once again. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us on our email at cybertappodcast at Ah. purdue.edu. Cybertappodcast at purdue.edu. We'd love to hear from you. And thanks again. Take care, everyone.